listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Hey, you guys, welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels, where we help wake up the world so they can feel their best, okay? We're collaborating with brands and experts to find the cleanest options for all areas in your life. I'm excited. We are going to be going live with Dr. Alyssa Kuhn, is a physical therapist in Salt Lake City, and she specializes in osteoarthritis, and she's the founder of Keep the Adventure Alive. Now, I'm curious to talk to you today because I know you specialize in osteoarthritis arthritis treatments because you found that through your physical therapy career, people were getting these kind of premature surgeries. Is that right? And ending up with chronic pains. Yes, because when I was working in home care as a physical therapist right out of school, I was seeing a lot of people after total knee and hip replacement. So we'd see them like the very next day. And being in their home, I got to spend a lot of time with them and really kind of dive into how they got here and what their experience had been like up until this point, a lot of times through a traditional healthcare model. And it was really crazy to me the impact that the lack of education, not particularly in the sense of these patients weren't educated, but they did not get the resources that they needed to understand that there were other treatment options available because a lot of them thought that surgery was really the only way. Because since osteoarthritis has been initially classified kind of as a wear and tear theory, where if you think about it, same thing, like if a car, your car wears out, then you just replace the part. So a lot of people saw it in this mechanical sense. Okay, something's wrong. I just need to replace it. But actually, research is showing that there are so many other ways to find relief other than surgery. And I mean, surgery is such a big uh, decision when it comes to, I mean, someone is literally taking your joint out and putting a new one in and scary. Yes. And so a lot of these people were kind of reaching this, I need surgery without really knowing what to expect on the out on the other side. And it really can have some longer term complications that maybe people weren't perhaps ready for. So I have made it my mission to kind of catch these people before they get to that point to see if conservative measures or conservative management can be appropriate for them. Absolutely. I'm such a proponent of, hey, try everything that you can do before something so serious and life-changing as surgery because you don't always come out better on the other side. And if you give everything a go, get inflammation down and just try different types of therapy, it can truly be life-changing. So here you are. It sounds like you're dealing with people mostly over 40 years old. Is that correct? 40, 50 years old? It is kind of getting into a diagnosis that's a little bit younger. I think it's just the more information that we find out about it. So if you are listening and you're in your 30s or maybe even into your 20s and have been diagnosed with osteoarthritis, it's okay. And it's starting to become more common. But yes, primarily it's about age 40 and up. Okay. I'm curious. Why do you think it's becoming more common? I'm going to take a stab at it as well, but why do you think? (laughs) 
like I said, I think one of the biggest things is that we're starting to learn more about it. We're starting to learn maybe how it presents the symptoms. And honestly, I kind of like that as being diagnosed younger, just because then you can start taking more proactive steps towards finding relief versus not kind of brushing it off not realizing that this is what it may be. And then down the line, oh, all of a sudden you're bone on bone or all of a sudden this is really severe. So I think it's just people are just becoming more educated about it and people are becoming more aware of what to look for. And there's a lot of research coming out in these past decades uh, about inflammation and how that can kind of stem into a bunch of different things. So I think a lot of times if people go in younger with knee pain or joint pain in general, they may just be kind of brushed off, you know, just try this, try that, try physical therapy, whatever it may be, or just rest it, unfortunately. And then they just are kind of pushed off until they're the appropriate age for arthritis. So I honestly kind of like that it's being diagnosed younger, although Mm -hmm. it can be scary if you hear, you know, you're in your twenties, I have arthritis. Um, There are definitely are steps that you can take, but I really think it's just increasing awareness of it Mm -hmm. and then increasing the awareness of some of these other factors other than wear and tear for the cause. Okay. So we're going to talk about how you kind of help people work through the pain and become, I guess, pain-free. I can tell you from my side of things here at Wake Up and Read the Labels, I deal with so many menopausal women and a lot of them are waking up. One of their common complaints is, hey, I wake up in the morning. I can't make a fist with my hand. My joints hurt. My knees hurt when I walk. My feet hurt standing on them all day. These things. My, I can feel my bones when I'm working out. And I would say nine out of 10 times, all of them, well, I guess 90% of them, when they change their food, it might not be 100% fixed. However, they're seeing so much relief in their joint pain. And so for a lot of people, I think, and this is just my expertise, these younger people who are popping up with arthritis type pains, a lot of them is being conditioned and it's being caused by a lot of our food that is driving up the inflammation. But before we get into that anymore, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, Dr. Alyssa, and how you got started? So I graduated from PT school from Ohio State, okay. but I went to Michigan State University for undergrad. So that's where my alliance lies. But like you said, I started out in home care. So I would just go to people's houses and help them with all kinds of different things. But I did see a lot of people post-op joint replacement. And while I was in school, I did get to do a stint in an independent living facility. And we got to kind of go more into the fitness side of things and specializing kind of creating new group exercise classes. And I was able to create, at that time I had my um, CrossFit level one certification. I had just recently taken it. And we got to do all kinds of things. I got to experiment with like a functional fitness class. Now, mind you, a lot of these clients were 80 and up. And we were able to jump. We were able to run. We were able to do relay races and things that might not typically have been found in an independent living facility, which was awesome. And like I said, I mean, these people were 80 and up. And I think the the stereotype kind of around aging is arthritis is inevitable. You're going to have all these aches and pains. You're going to break down. You're not going to be able to do X, Y, Z. And then I got into home care and saw these people in their 40s, 50s, 60s getting joint replacements or having this debilitating pain that's 
allowing them to, you know, barely be able to get around their house and having to move out of their home into a one-story home from a two-story just because they can't do stairs. And so their lives were dramatically changed. And we had this big gap between these people were super active in their 80s and these people were having difficulties in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And I think a big part of that is, again, those resources, understanding what arthritis even is, what kind of healthy aging looks like, getting these different movements and getting this idea that food and exercise and these sort of lifestyle changes can positively impact your, as you get older, and it doesn't have to include all of these aches, pains, despair, and, you know, sitting on the couch for the rest of your life. And so I have made it my mission to show people that, especially when you have osteoarthritis, this diagnosis can dramatically impact how you look at your future. Mm -hmm. And it can be so amazing what people are able to accomplish once they understand that movement can help. Once they understand that food is a huge part of it, once they understand that sleep and stress and all of these things can play a role, it can open up adventure. It can open up, you know, running and these things that people think when they hear arthritis are just out that they are never going to be able to do again. And especially in your 50s, when you hear this, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? And so I have made it my mission to kind of specialize in this and to provide as much re as many resources, and really just to inform people about how to advocate for themselves in a traditional healthcare system, what to look for, what to ask. And then the arthritis adventure blueprint that I've created also kind of addresses all of these lifestyle things. Because when you're not getting the information that you need from healthcare professionals in our traditional model and are just trying to scour the internet, there is unfortunately a lot of misinformation. And I know that you probably know this as well, especially in the food industry, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so I get a lot of people who are just kind of stuck in this overwhelm of what do I believe? What should I do? And this is kind of a way to guide them along this path. Because I have had so many people that have squatted and have gotten back to high impact exercise and have done all these things that they were initially told weren't possible. So that is kind of where I'm at now and just kind of continuing to spread the message that being active with osteoarthritis is possible and it doesn't have to require surgery. Yeah. And these can be often, I guess, the ticket to get you out of the pain is actually moving. So yeah. I love the name, Keep the Adventure Alive. Is that the name of your podcast or your business? What is that? So it's the name of my business, Keep the Adventure Alive. And then everything kind of stems around adventure. So my podcast is adventuring with osteoarthritis and then I'm everywhere, adventure alive, arthritis adventure. So it all kind of stems from this. And I, it's funny because I get initially, I got a lot of people who are like, why is adventure and arthritis in the same? Like, I think it's my username on TikTok. <laughs> why are these two together? Arthritis is not an adventure. You can't do this with arthritis. And so and now people are starting to kind of say, oh, wait, maybe that is possible. Because like you said before, it's you have arthritis. Oh, sorry, you can't really do a whole lot of movement. You just have to take it easy. And so in trying to change the initiative to start to see that as adventure as possible versus 
arthritis needs to be very limiting. For sure. Very similar to me. I tell people that you can eat the food you love. So I say, hey, look, you can eat a cheeseburger. You can eat cookies. You can eat ice cream. You need to pull away from the preservatives and refined sugars and the really bad conventional dairy. So I love that. Okay. I'm curious now when people are starting to work with you, first of all, how do people find out about working with you and then kind of walk me through what you would do with them? So primarily a lot of um, working with me is inside the Arthritis Adventure Blueprint, which is my online course, because I'm only one person and can only see so many people. So this is a way to kind of expand that throughout the world, throughout the country. So I have people from all over the place. Um, But initially, it's based on three steps. So the first one is really understanding what osteoarthritis is. And it's really interesting because in the research, the one thing that does start to delineate why certain programs work and certain programs don't, whether it comes to physical therapy or just other exercise programs, et cetera, is they're missing education. Mm -hmm. You think that osteoarthritis is wear and tear. And that's kind of just the easy go-to theory that a lot of people are told. But it's actually stemming from a lot of other things, and low-grade chronic inflammation is one of them. But if you don't understand that exercise improves blood flow and it strengthens the muscles to support the joints and it helps to flush out some of this inflammation, well, if someone tells you just to exercise and it hurts, you're probably not going to do it. And so it's understanding what's actually happening in your joint. Then finding ways to move, finding ways to alter what you're eating, finding ways to manage stress, to improve sleep, to then help on all factors to reduce pain. Because a lot of times when somebody has knee pain, they go automatically might search for the best exercise, best stretch for knee pain. But instead, they could do all the best movements and all the best stretches, but they may not find pain relief because we're not looking at these other factors. And going in and getting an x-ray just of your knee is not the whole picture. And I think that that's where a lot of people miss out on. And so the course first kind of helps to explain what osteoarthritis is. Then it goes into, okay, where is your pain primarily coming from? And it's usually from a couple different things. But if we try to focus on everything all at once, we're not really going to get anywhere. Uh So we find and focus on these things. Now, a lot of them come down to not moving enough or doing the right type of movement. Food is a huge one. And then something along the lines of sleep, stress, etc. Then we make it consistent. So it's honestly learning about it, finding out what's actually causing your pain, finding ways to address it, and then making it consistent. And that's kind of what can start to open doors and unlock adventure. And then you also get a 30-minute one-on-one session with me to kind of troubleshoot anything along the way. But that's primarily how I work with people right now, taking them through this process, because I think no matter if you want one-on-one or to move in further, we have to establish these things first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. I was just looking at it. I'm reading through all of your looks like your testimonials. And I said, Hey, Alyssa, I'm very pleased and encouraged by the program so far. I've learned tons from you and feel my knees are feeling better every day. You definitely changed my life for the better. So I have to ask you because I get these all the time as well. How do you feel when you read these messages? I mean, I think that it's incredibly rewarding that these people are 
from across the globe, which is so interesting with social media because we can reach so many people that we wouldn't typically be able to in like a one-on-one or a clinic setting. But sometimes it's just the simplest things that can make such a big difference. And from being on the other side of this, seeing people that you know are 50, 60 in debilitating pain can barely leave their homes are down this path of despair and isolation. I mean, hearing these things and being able to kind of catch people before they fall down this kind of downward spiral, I think is so incredible. And that's what continues to push me to share all the content and to push out all of these resources to help people because this can be truly a life-changing experience if we can pull out of that frustration and then turn it into hope. And now that person is probably going to incorporate more movement into their life, take their eating more seriously, starting to then impact the rest of those lifestyle changes, which we know not only just impact osteoarthritis, but can impact Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, all of these things that people may experience as they get older. But if we can reduce all of those chances of those chronic diseases as well, that's only going to further promote longevity. Mm -hmm. And it's a snowball effect because it's affecting all the people around them. They are, I say, exactly. they're filling up their own individual cups and they're able to give it to others around them, those that they love. And, you know, they probably have a friend or a family or a spouse that is potentially going through the same thing as well. So you're, you enable yourself, you empower yourself, you educate yourself and you too, for people listening, you too can become your own advocate, your own CEO of both your health and someone around you. So exactly. I have a question. What was your journey like from going from a physical therapist to starting your own business? (laughs) So I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) The traditional healthcare model um, has quite a few flaws. (laughs) And one of them being we don't have enough time with patients. It's, you know, trying to get all this paperwork and trying to see this high volume of patients. And you want to be able to spend so much time with a person and help them in any way that you can. But when you're on a time crunch of sometimes like 10, 15 minutes, you're not able to impact their life as much as you would like to. So I went from home care and moved into a space of really kind of working more on the proactive kind of fitness wellness side of things. Because as we know, our traditional healthcare model is very reactive. Something's wrong. You've been having pain for years. Okay, now it's time to do something about it. Instead, it's like, okay, I'm having a little bit of pain. How can I prevent this from progressing? How can I reduce this now? How can I take action to make my future more enjoyable, et cetera. Yeah. So I was able to kind of adapt to more of this wellness fitness side of things, which also was very attractive. I've been around fitness my entire life and helping people through different avenues aside from just what insurance wants and what insurance dictates and how many visits insurance tells us. Now we have so much more freedom to help people. But like we were talking about before, one-on-one, you can only impact one person. And like you said, maybe some of the people around them, but what if we could pull this out and now start to educate the globe, educate so many more people. And I'm sure that you're also experiencing this too, that you can impact 
so many more people than Mm -hmm. just that one-on-one encounter. And I think that's really a big part of it too, especially people that maybe don't have the financial resources or maybe the people who, you know, are in rural areas and can't quite get out to the appropriate healthcare professionals. Now they have quality information that they can see, they can read, and they can understand. So now you're impacting their lives too. And so that's kind of why I originally got into this and how this is kind of snowballed in the first place is because now we can not only impact the person in front of us, but we can also use that information to impact hundreds of thousands of people around the globe. And so that's kind of how I've gotten into this. And now it's just specializing in helping people with osteoarthritis and then showing them that hope is possible. Yes. Super cool. I'm sure you're changing so many lives. So let's talk about one life that really stays with you, some type of transformation, somebody that came in for help, what were they experiencing? What pain were they going through and kind of run through their experience um, in your program maybe? Sure. So I have one client who I, it was actually one of my first clients that I started working with. So he was dealing with back pain, secondary to spinal stenosis. Mm -hmm. And he also was having some degenerative disc pain. How old is he? He was having some knee pain. I believe he was in his fifties. Okay. Fifties. Work from home, could barely get through the day standing, had a lot of pain that really limited. And he was running a couple different companies at the time. So he really needed to be present, but this pain was very distracting. And it had been going on for a few years. And finally he was, and then it led to weight gain. It led to all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so finally he was like, you know what? I need to get this under control. And he was having back spasms and couldn't even walk with his family. So he was really missing out on a lot. And so we started working just with the most simple movements and then starting to look at other parts of his life as well, talking about food, talking about stress as owning multiple companies, you're going to have a lot of stress that comes with that. And honestly, the transformation was he needed a lot of support, had a hard time doing just a simple standing up and down from a chair, Mm -hmm. walking upstairs was very, very challenging to the point where when, after we start, after we got through a couple of months of working together, because I do want to be transparent that this is not like a two week transformation. Right. A lot of times when you're dealing with chronic pain, it does take months of consistency. So we were working through months and months of consistency and he was able to jump. He was able to literally do a stair jump where he jumped on top of a, the first stair and then jump back down. That's impressive for like any 50 year old, whether you're in pain or not. So nice. Yes. And so he was squatting with like a 35 pound kettlebell at the time without any support. And it's not even the fact of he can jump or he can lift X amount of weight. It's what this means. So when you can gain enough power to do that, power to jump, power to lift heavier weights, you can go up and down the stairs. You can go up and down hills. You can even go skiing or try mountain biking. You can try all of these different things. Once you have that appropriate power, you can get back to running if you want to. And so this strength and this power opened so many doors to the point where he doesn't have back spasms anymore. He's able to control his pain to almost nothing and now has the confidence to do all kinds of different things. He got back to bowling and a lot of different things that he didn't really think he'd be able to do again. So 
that has kind of stuck with me and has been kind of the inspiration through all of this and through the countless of other people who have accomplished so many amazing things. I think I do want to highlight the fact that the common denominator through all of this is consistency. I know that you probably preach this too with food, that you have to be consistent. You have to dedicate yourself to it. And the problem is I think a lot of people give up too early (laughs) and they give up kind of right before this breakthrough. So we have to kind of think of it in small wins. And that's kind of how we show progress because it's not pain, no pain. If we measure that, you're going to feel stuck forever. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Were you able to walk a little bit further? Were you able to recover a little bit quicker? Did you have a little less pain when doing something? And that is going to help carry you through to continue to motivate yourself to continue through these months of consistency. Absolutely. I tell all of my clients, consistency makes progress. And also it's habits are hard. And so I think for probably a lot of your clients, you know, we're telling them, Hey, you got to move a little more, move a little more. And they might have good days and bad days. And when the bad days pop up, they go, Oh my gosh, you know, it's way easier to go back into my habit of doing this. But if somebody can do something consistently, I mean, I know they say, you know, do something for 21 days, it'll become a habit, but I'm kind of like, you need to keep going and just reestablish a better habit. That's all it is. So my one of my last questions for you, Alyssa, is you have a book. Is that correct? I do. Yes. It's called Move Well, Age Well, and it's available on Amazon. Move Well, Age Well. Okay. What made you embark on that? It was actually when I first started my business. And because we're trying to kind of push through this positive aging and Since I met a lot of people who felt kind of the doom and gloom of not only osteoarthritis, but of just getting older in general, like you overhear somebody at the grocery store, like, oh, you know, don't get old and all these kinds of things. And so I just decided to say, hey, you know what, I can write a book and on Amazon, you can self publish books. So I embarked on this journey to write this book. It's about 40 to 50 pages, but it essentially kind of skims the research. And honestly, it was meant to just motivate somebody. It skims the research on osteoarthritis, but also other topics of how to improve memory and prevent Alzheimer's and how to basically build healthy habits to move well, age well, and it's how to rock the later years with fitness and mindset. And that's kind of essentially building a foundation to then embark on a fitness or wellness or a healthy journey to show the world and show yourself that just because you're getting older does not mean that it needs to be full of doom and gloom and pain and despair. Hmm. I need to get my mother to read that book. She thinks every day she's like, I'm so old. I can't do anything. I'm like, come on. Yes. Okay. And you hear that a lot. Absolutely. So my last question for you that I ask everyone is what was your wake up moment in life, whether it was professionally or personally? Hmm. I know. I think honestly, going into this independent living facility mm-hmm. and seeing people because we all have these preconceived notions of maybe what older people can accomplish or you know if you see an older person especially in the 80s 90s that you know is squatting we're always you know hesitant of oh are they going to hurt themselves because they're fragile. Mm -hmm. I was experimenting with all kinds of different things. And when we got to have these people jump, they were like, oh my God, I haven't jumped in 10, 20, 30 years. 
And they were having so much fun doing it. And we were doing relay races and we had to slow people down because they were running to, and they were in their like upwards of the um, 80s, 85, 86. And so it was like, this was so eye-opening to me to say, okay, these people can do this. Yeah, These people aren't as fragile as we think they are. These people can be pushed to their limits of strength, of balance. And But in order to get there, we have to train appropriately. And that's not using one to two pound dumbbells. And that's not, you know, doing seated exercise. We have to progress after that. And that kind of stemmed this whole clinical practice that I have of kind of changing the mindset of, okay, these people can do this. Like when I have people who are stuck using, you know, again, one to two pound weights, or they've been using three pound weights exercising for the past two years. It's okay. Let's up that. Let's challenge your body. Let's actually make changes to your muscle. Mm-hmm. It's the fact of just kind of reframing what people are capable of and what people can do. But I think a lot of times fear stands in the way, lack of confidence, fear of injury. And so it's getting people on the right path to that and then showing them actually what they're capable of. And once people understand that, so many doors open to adventure, to travel, to all kinds of different things. But that's kind of what initially stemmed and kind of reframed everything I've done since then. And that was probably six, seven years ago now, maybe even more. And that's what kind of stemmed into writing this book and to help to motivate people that, of course, I am not in that age range. I am not in my 50s. I I am in my late 20s. But per the research and really diving in and seeing these personal experiences, I think can make a big difference that, you know, your doctor doesn't have every condition that they're treating you for. Your, everyone you talk to that's an expert on certain things hasn't specifically gone through certain diagnoses. Um, So I think that it's really important through experience and actually seeing other people do these things that Mm -hmm. shows that it can be possible and shows that there is hope. Yes, there's a way like, hey, look, this is working for all these people. And I know it can work for you too. Age is just a number. You're capable of so much more. So for everybody listening, Dr. Alyssa has keeptheadventurealive.com. You can visit her website. You can also follow her on social media, Keep the Adventure Alive. And clearly she has a podcast as well. But if you empower yourself with the right tools, the right information, the right tactics, even then you are, you know, giving yourself the right education to get the results you want. So Dr. Elisa, I appreciate you so much. Remember friends, surgery isn't always the answer. You can feel alive all of your life. And if you'd like to learn more about Keep the Adventure Alive, go ahead and check out our website, her podcast. We're going to link all that stuff beneath. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Thank you.